I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, this is Nadine Dietz, host of CMO Moves. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thanks so much for stopping by today and to give you a quick overview on what to expect. CMO Moves is all about game-changing leaders, their incredible journeys, the moves that they've made, and most importantly, their personal stories of how they got to be the leaders of some of the world's most exciting brands. I hope you'll enjoy their stories as much as I do and take away a few tips and some inspiration for your day. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to CMO Moves. Today I have the great honor of having Cynthia Chen with me, who is the CEO of General Mills in China. Cynthia, hi and welcome to the show. Thank you, my pleasure. It is my pleasure. I can't believe that we're here in New York together. Randomly, we found each other in the same city. Um, and we're here at Challenger Brands because you could stop by. And, and here we are recording a podcast. How cool is that? It, exactly. I'm only here for like four days. And we've got a chance to, to talk to each other. <laughs> yeah. And it's been so fun to seeing you um, yesterday for a few minutes and now again today. And uh, I am just so curious. I, know, I remember when you were at Mondelez. And then uh, you went over to GSK, and then you now are in China as the CEO of General Mills. So let's start there. Like, wh- what made you take that role on? Um, there are three reasons. Uh, the, um, first and foremost, um, I, I always say that when you find another job, uh, the chemistry with your boss, uh, you can say that the entire company is 3,000 people, 5,000 people, 10,000 people. But the most important person is your boss. Um, I was lucky enough to meet uh, my boss and the chemistry instantaneously, you know, I felt that. The second piece is a love challenge. Um, I, you know, one of the, you know, my good traits of me or bad trait of me, you can say, uh, is I'm not very patient. Um, <laughs> I love challenge. Uh, and there's no other place to, um, to be in China to have the biggest challenge you can ha- ever have. I would say General Mills is a legacy company in China. And my passion is really how do I transform a legacy company to be a modern organization? And I found that fascinating. And the third part is very personal, um, which is also one of the reasons my mom actually was diagnosed with cancer. Mm. Uh, in China, the culture is uh, when your parents um, um, are dying, and you have to be there and, and take that responsibility. So those are the three reasons why I actually went to General Mills. You know, obviously, I underscore that uh, I started my career with General Mills, and I really love the people. Uh, I love the value of, of the company. I'm not, not trying to sell the company, but truly that, you know, I, um, you know most of the people I met, uh, I really had a great relationship with. So if you pack them all together, that's why I made a decision pretty quickly and, and moved to China. 
Wow. Okay. Yeah. So what an amazing journey already. You were sharing with me some of the differences, and there are so many of them. But I'm just I'm looking at your really exciting, <laughs> incredible like red pants that you're wearing. They look like leather pants. And you said to me, this is a partnership that General Mills creates in China. Like I wouldn't have never thought General Mills to be in the pants business. So what's that about? <laughs> so yeah, um, and this is uh, what I call China speed. Uh, in uh, General Mills, our, our um, company was saying that uh, we, we serve the world with the food people love. But uh, actually in China, I would say, first of all, underscore China speed, because everything happens in China. Three months is like uh, three years in China. The second piece is also, we're very dynamic. Um, you know, in China, we have uh, two, brand, two major brands. We have haagen uh, which everybody knows here uh, is, is actually from Nestle, but outside of the uh, United States, it's actually um, General Mills. Uh, it's, a, it's a fashionable lifestyle brand. And then we also have a local jewel. It's called the One Chaw Fairy, which is a dumpling, Tang Yuan, which is a local brand. And you can see I'm wearing a hat, which is a cross promotion with a, a hat company. And we made a hat with a very short period of time. It's red for Chinese New Year. And then I have this pen which is a, a sample, a sample pant they were trying to do with um, Haagen-Dazs. Oh my God, it all comes, dumplings, Haagen-Dazs, red hot pants and a red hot hat. Correct, I, for the good luck, for the good luck. New Year. <laughs> That's right. All powered by General Mills. That's okay, right. I need to go to China. General Mills, China. <laughs> I love it. Well, and that's also fascinating because you mentioned Haagen-Dazs is not just a uh, brand that you're distributing, but you're also operating the retail stores for Haagen-Dazs right. as well. Can Correct. you talk about that? Yeah, um, so this is the beauty about the, uh, in China. So we have, uh, we sell to normal retail stores. We have, we, in China we call Hyper, Super, which is very much like uh, Walmart, Carrefour, that kind of big, big, big stores. We also have convenience stores. But the most exciting part is we also have 400 retail stores, our own stores, where we sell not only the small cup, big cup, but also creations. Mm -hmm. um, so, for instance, uh, you will have uh, creations of a cherry blossom creations, and which you can only find in China. And lots of times, uh, when I send and post these photos on my Facebook, uh, all my American friends say, where are they? I want to help them. <laughs> but they're not available in the United States. I always tell them, just like I tell you, Nady, come to China. I'll show you around. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, but on a serious note, um, I, I would say this is really, truly online, offline, right? One of the things that the advantage that we have uh, at Germany's China is uh, we sell online, but we also have this retail store. We also go to, you know, Carrefour, Walmart type of stores. So it's really a virtual cycle, which not a lot of companies or brands they have. So we also have this partnership with Alibaba. Uh, we own an Alibaba platform, uh, even here in the United States, where uh, we link all the retail and our 400 stores together so that we, we get all the consumer data and know at what point to convert them to purchase our product. Wow, okay, so so much that you just talked about in there, and yes, I do want to find a cherry blossom Haagen-Dazs, <laughs> and I want to go back to that for a second, then I want to talk about Alibaba, okay. but Haagen-Dazs, you said, was a lifestyle brand. Tell me about that, because that's, uh, it is a wonderful brand, but I'd never considered it a lifestyle brand. I finally you asked a question. In China, we actually grew up with Haagen-Dazs. So, you know, I don't, I'm not gonna tell you how many years ago <laughs> because I won't <laughs> tell you my age. But I remember in college, if your boyfriend can take you to um, Haagen-Dazs store, you were like, well, that's a guy you want to date. <laughs> Because they always say that if you love her, take her to Haagen-Dazs store. But also at the same time, it's like a small luxury. It is not cheap. 
in order for them to buy you a, a Haagen-Dazs cup, it takes quite a bit of effort. But over the years, I think that Haagen-Dazs have been in China for more than 20 years. So over the years, you can see that it's actually coming to be a little bit dated. So my mission when I went back to China is really how do we bring the modern, modernize the brand? How do you make that cool again and sexy again? Let's bring the sexy back. <laughs> so um, what, you know what we have done again. I'm not trying to sell the brand. Is you know quickly um, shift all the money to we have we don't have TV at all. Mm. And the only thing we do is a PR. Right? PR activity events, what have you, and we hire a celebrity, which is a very, very common practice in you know Asia, whether that's in Japan, China, or South um, South Korea. We always use, use celebrity. But let's just give me one event. One event, um, you know, with a partnership with W Hotel in Shanghai, which is very popular. It's a, it's a viral place that everybody wants to go. One event. Guess what's the impression we had? One day. Wow. It's, 2.4 billion impressions. Oh my gosh. Just to put it into perspective, China, we have 1.3 billion people, right? Uh. 2.4 billion. Uh, and particularly our consumers are millennials. So that means, uh, you know, one consumer have seen this multiple times, right? Which is uh, mind blowing. And this also tells you the skill of China. Right. Yeah. So and then after that event, the people actually came back to say that, oh, uh, finally, I felt like, oh, my, you know, it's, it's cool again. You know, I actually were not caught dead to have a Haagen-Dazs ice cream in the store. <laughs> um, and people will also tell me that, you know, in the food industry, there's no other brand like Haagen-Dazs as a fashion fashion forward brand. That's why you see that I'm wearing this plaid leatherish red pants. <laughs> and this is, a, you know, where we want to take the brand. Very, very glad to see that consumers are coming back to tell us that that's a lifestyle and fashion brand. I love it. Okay. Wow. Okay. I have so many questions. I'm conflicted where to go with this. I do want to talk about Alibaba. I do want to talk about all the other new uh, emerging tech that's happening and the use of technology for understanding your consumers because mm -hmm. that's obviously hot and you have so many consumers to know. But you did mention a fact to me earlier, so just to kind of set the, the stage, you were talking about GDP. Mm -hmm. So what are the metrics for China? The metrics for China, um, it's actually depending on what, you know, which uh, angle you're looking for. I would say from government, from overall China econ economy standpoint, we look at GDP. Early on, I mentioned to you, GDP, we say 2018, we had the lowest one, which is uh, in the last 28 years. But even that, it's 6.8 points of growth, right? 6.8% growth. And versus the United States, is 3.4. Essentially, it's double uh, the growth rate of the United States. Then, if you think about scale, right, there are two biggest countries in the world. One is the United States, the second one is China. Then coupled with, really, in my mind, it's still pretty high GDP growth rate. So I think the size of the potential is will be there. And so that's the overall look at a macro environment. The second piece is that if I look at zero into the FMCG, or in the United States we call CPG, we look at consumer confidence. We look at whether we're actually converting from the government or, or company consumption of our product um, to um, the consumer consumption. Now, broader country, we talk about how do you convert from the manufacturing country to become consumer driven. But for me particularly, for my company, is looking at how do you convert the gifting to become more self-consumption. For instance, we have an interesting product. It's called a mooncake. Mm. A mooncake is, uh, it, it is for mid-autumn festival. Now, for folks who don't know mid-autumn festival, it's like Thanksgiving here in in the United States, where 
people gather together, the family gather together, but they also get a gift. It's called mooncake. Now, traditional mooncake is uh, it's this dry bakery stuff, but we actually have ice cream mooncake, <laughs> which I can show you some pictures later on. Uh, in the past, uh, um, it's about 90% consumption is coming from the, the government, or you know, you give to other people as a gift from from company standpoint. Now, but but because the President Xi Jinping came to the and completely change the, the government policy, the anti-corruption, what have you. So we see that the consumption from the, the group or company came down dramatically. So for us, really, how to look at it, change that to be consumer consumption, and which I think that we have done a, a pretty good job. Last year, we still see um, pretty good growth, uh, despite the fact that the entire you know, government uh, consumption came down. Wow. Okay, mooncake, another thing I have to see when I'm in China. Mm -hmm. So, okay, uh, so or let's come back to Alibaba then, because, I mean, obviously, very, very big mm -hmm. topic for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, how are you working with Alibaba, and, and what other things are you exploring while you're in China? Uh, we are, um, so everybody here is talking about Alibaba, but in China, realistically, we're actually working with the two big ecosystems. We, we don't even call that... Um, uh, Alibaba or, or JD, we call that ecosystem, and Tencent. Tencent and Alibaba is a two big ecosystem. So under that ecosystem, they have obviously e-com, which is their biggest part. They also have cloud. They also sell data. Um, they also have food delivery. Um, one of the things that today I really want to talk about is food delivery, which, which is very, very unique uh, in China. Here we have Uber Eats, um, mm -hmm. but in terms of scale, I would say that in China is, uh, it is so much more advanced. For instance, with Ali, we actually partner with um, a part of their subsidiary. It's called Erlama. Erlama in China means, are you hungry? <laughs> yes, I am. It's are you hungry? Time right now. Yeah. <laughs> are, you, are you hungry? Uh, we have a dumpling business. Uh, well, dumpling business about you know 10 years ago or 15 years ago, you would say, hey, you can have a homemade dumpling within 30 minutes because it's frozen. It's, it's, it feels like fresh, feels like a mom made, but within 30 minutes, you can have it. Guess what? Most recently, we have Erlama. We can actually deliver to you. You don't even have to cook within 30 minutes. If you order online on the, on the app, 30 minutes later, you can have this freshly made dumpling. And we figured out that we actually cannot, um, we are just part of the players in the ecosystem. We, don't, we, we cannot compete with them. We actually compete with, not competing with in the typical you know, uh, competition, such as Sinye and Sanquan, which is also local dumpling companies. We're actually competing more with the food deliveries. Mm -hmm. So we, feel, we, we figured out that we cannot, we, we cannot uh, be the enemy. Let's sleep with the enemy. <laughs> <laughs> so um, starting last year, we actually had a partnership with them for we in the 60 um, kind of locations where we actually cook our dumpling, not we, but we sell the dumpling to them and they will cook the dumpling on their, in their kitchen. Then they deliver to, um, to the offices, the homes within half an hour, which is a fantastic uh, business model for us from a margin standpoint, also from a new business model standpoint, which is a new revenue stream for us. Mm. Okay, so that's really smart and a great way to partner. Um, and I like how you said, you know, you're not actually competing with other dumpling companies. You're competing with the food delivery companies who are delivering different kinds of food. Right. Um, so, fantastic. So, let's talk about um, your perspective on the global marketing capabilities. Because now, you were responsible for all of e-commerce at Mondelez. Right. And have transitioned into a CEO role. So, you're in the U.S., and now you're in China running a massive business as CEO. Like, what are the big differences that you see between the two, both from a 
capabilities perspective, but also from a role perspective? So I think that I was lucky enough because I started my job with General Mills, although I was in marketing, but it was a GM type of marketing. At a very early stage, you actually had to oversee the cross-function team. You don't necessarily need to know every single thing about the cross-function team, but you don't need to know that, hey, what are the questions to ask? You sort of like know everything. So for me, is my career is always being in marketing, but happening to you know oversee cross-functionally. And in my last job with the Monolith was also really, really exciting because it was the e-commerce, which was new. There's a lot of data. I spent a lot of time in Silicon Valley, you know, talking to startups or, or what have you. So that really prepared me for China. For China, CEO job is more take a step further, right? So it's the it's ultimate responsibility for the entire organization. And that was based on the foundation that I built throughout my career. At the same time, because China is so ahead of a lot of countries in terms of e-com, new retail, and my experience with Mondelez really, really helped. And last but not least, I would say that because I was originally from China, and I had a lot of experience globally back in the United States, in Europe, in AP, uh, you know, so that, uh, that really propelled me to, um, to, to, to lead a company, not only from singular US perspective or from China perspective, it's really it's a global perspective. And I, when I got there, and I know immediately saying, how do I transform a legacy company into a modern organization? Because I have seen all, um, I have been to so many different, different categories, whether that's a household, whether that's a fashion, whether that's food. I love it. Oh my gosh. Okay. So much in there. So obviously we know that, that there's a lot of growth in China and that things are moving at a very rapid pace. And as you said, you know, China fast. And what you were talking about earlier is all around innovation and really understanding the consumers and transforming brands into these lifestyle brands and uh, transforming legacy brands into modern brands. Um, a lot of those practices we're doing here in the United States, but are there more tools available to you, more insights, or something that's giving China an incremental advantage over, let's say, US-based marketers? Uh, it is the opposite. Uh, we don't have a lot of insights. Uh, and this is the way I call, if you want to be fearless, China is a place to become, to be bold and fearless. And, and I even coined this term, say, all the people that are high in China, I call that the BBS. What is the BBS? Bold, beautiful, and smart. <laughs> Especially for my brand, Hagen and, and One Child Fairy type of brands. Uh, we don't. Um, so it's about um, you try that and quick turnaround. In the United States, we call that fast fail, but in China, it is really fast fail. <laughs> but you pick it up, you get up, uh, and, and, and you roll with it. Uh, and you gotta have that guts, and you gotta uh, still, whatever happens, I can still sleep at night. Um, because I know tomorrow is going to be a better day. You're always going to fail and you're always going to get up and, and run with it. We don't have enough insights. Even Nielsen, <laughs> the data is not uh, uh, as robust as in, back in the United States. Wow. Okay. Well, I love that. The BBS. Well, you're definitely at the top of the BBS. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, I keep looking at these red pants. They're pretty, they're pretty amazing. I want to be able to be BBS and wear pants like that. That sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> so very cool. Well, let's take a step back because we've talked a lot about you, your role, obviously uh, tremendous experience across the globe. Um, but underneath all of this is you and how you're operating your personal life because that's a lot going on there. Plus, you mentioned your mom, and I'm really sorry to hear that. Um, 
has passed now after battling cancer. Tell me how you think about things from a personal perspective as you're making your choices on what you're gonna do next. You know, it's tough. Uh, my, son, uh, my son is uh, 11 years old. Um, he is back in the United States and I'm in China. Obviously, it's very, very tough. I went back uh, for the three reasons I mentioned. At, at times, you know, I also ask myself, I ask myself that, you know, what, what, what I need to do. You know, my son sometimes saying that, hey, mom, um, you know, your career is more important than me. And when he says that, uh, you know, the tears come to my eyes. But sometimes he's also good. He will tell me that, mom, I'm so proud of you because uh, most of my, my friends' parents' moms, they don't work. Um, you're independent. And th this last, last uh, time when I was here, and the one thing he said was made me really, really bawling. Mm -hmm. He told me that, mom, I, I was asking him a question saying, hey, Ferris, what kind of girlfriend do you want to have? He actually paused, and then, and then he told me that, mom, I want to have a girlfriend just like you. And that, uh, um, to me, is uh, the ultimate. Um, you're gonna make me cry. Um, so, so um, and I'm very, very proud, proud mm -hmm. of him. So, so yeah, um, so it's, it's uh, being a mom, being a professional mom, full-time and, you know, ambitious female leader, it is difficult. But this is also, you know, I, I felt that when you teach your kids, you don't tell them what to do, you show them how to do it. And, you know, I, I think that it's always going to be up and downs, but I truly believe that I'm setting a really good example for my son. And, and I, he, he will find a really good friend or spouse or significant other. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely believe that's true. So, wow. Okay, that was... Uh that is wonderful to hear, and I'm, I'm recuperating because yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at you, and, and I can see it, it, how moving it was to you. It was moving to me, but uh, wow, okay. So let's talk about when you were young because you are Chinese. You're an exceptional role model for a lot of women today, having earned your place uh, as a CEO. How did you even get started in this, and what was it like? I think I'm lucky. Uh, my dad has always been entrepreneurial. He has his own company, and um, you know, Albert is not as big, but he's always uh, on the run. So growing up, seeing him doing that, you know, it's almost implanted into my brain that you know this is how you know you do the business. And so when I was 18, I was lucky enough to get into kind of like a fashion kind of um, startup. Well, that explains uh, <laughs> the pants, okay. <laughs> so yeah, so that time, you know, uh, one thing I learned at that time is, um, you know, I, I'm very creative, very, you know, curious. Uh, what I learned at that time is really operational, uh, operationally that I need to learn more. And that's why I came to the United States. I actually uh, went to the MBA. The MBA is dual degrees, marketing plus supply chain management. So if you look at me, people will never believe that <laughs> I actually had a second major in supply chain management. <laughs> was because I know that the, the biggest thing is that not only you develop a great product, but also you need to figure out how to deliver to consumers in a way. And that's why it was also because uh, that was because of that I got into e-com because e-com is a new way to actually get to consumers. So this is all linked. And then, you know, after General Mills, uh, after Rocky Bankiza, after Mondelez Craft, uh, you know, I'm just so lucky. And throughout the times, um, I had a, lots of fantastic mentors uh, and showing me the way, although most of them, they're guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was talking to you yesterday. In fact, I have not seen, you know, um, a lot of people who are really truly not from the United States, a female actually made to, uh, you know, really senior level. Um, so for me, this sounds a little bit cheesy, but truly, um, this is what I believe. 
I want to become a trailblazer for uh, for female, um, particular people who are not born, who was not born here. Show them a way. Say, actually, we can also make it. It's truly how I believe. You know, people say that you're ambitious, what have you. Yes, I'm indeed ambitious. But more importantly, as I get older, I want to become a kind of an example for people and, and to tell them that you can make it. Wow. So you're only 23 right now. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love you. <laughs> <laughs> so we will be uh, graced with your great mentorship for many, many years. Uh, <laughs> so, okay, wonderful. So, so now, now you're at a point in your life where you've pretty much accomplished so much. If you could do something in your next role, what would it be? Um, if I'm thinking my future, um, I certainly want to come back uh, and really uh, lead from uh, at a global level. So. First and foremost, um, I, I truly believe in order to become a global leader, you have to have experience not only in the United States, you also need to go out and learn and come back. Mm -hmm. The second piece is with my experience now, um, I felt that I, I'm more equipped to really um, you know, showcase not only what we learned in the United States, but, but also countries like China, where I said earlier, a lot of times, particularly from F FMCG and CPG standpoint, they're ahead of here in the United States. So how can I use what I learned? How do I use the attitude that I practice in China, which is fearless, which is not knowing what's gonna happen next day, but you still go for that. That kind of attitude, bring that back to the United States and speed up. Uh, and not 100% China speed, but maybe combined with US speed plus China speed again to the optimal speed at a global level. Wow. Okay. Well, that will be amazing to watch, and I'm sure that will happen. And uh, you'll have to keep me posted on uh, maybe when you do come back, because uh, we'll have to do a follow-up with you <laughs> and see what it is like to combine China speed and U.S. speed and, and what you're doing then. So we are unfortunately out of time. I only have one more question. Actually, no, I have to fit in a second question because I'm dying to know. So I have two questions for you. First question, if you could give somebody a great piece of career advice that you learned the hard way, what would that be? Never be afraid. Okay, and no need for any further explanation on that one because that that's pretty much says it all. Okay, and then lastly, if um, you could do anything in the world other than run a global company or anything that you're doing now, money, talent, no object, you can do anything, what would you be doing? The thing that I really want is that, you know, this is um, so silly, I really want my mom to be here. I mean, when my mom passed away, uh, I was in Singapore. Uh, although I'm so close to her, much closer than uh, from the United States, but I was in Singapore. I wish I could hold her hand when she was leaving. And that's, that's what I really, really want to do, and, you know, at this very moment. I understand. I, 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 Truly, you know, in Chinese culture is that you need to change the clothes for her. And I did not do that. And, and I went back to China. And I, I'm sorry. I'm real. And this is how, you mm -hmm. know, typically people always say it's about job, it's about this. Mm -hmm. Really at this moment, particularly during Chinese New Year, what I want is that it, just to hold her hand and, and say, Mom, it's okay. Um, it's, it's not forever. It's just a goodbye and just saying that I'll miss you until we meet next time. Oh my gosh. I lost my father and didn't get to say goodbye to him either. So I understand. 
Yeah, on the way here, I was just thinking, listening to the music. It's so funny. I was listening to Mary J. Blige. Uh, it's like a bee without you. And let's talk about love or what have you. But when I listened to the music, it was 20, uh, 2005, it was released. And that was a time that uh, I went back to see my mom. And that, that, that song, the song always reminds you of a specific time. I don't know about you, about, you, about the smell mm -hmm. and sound. Like a song always gave me that edge. And I was crying like, on the way here. Oh. Okay, well, we'll spend the rest of the day crying together. <laughs> so thank you for that. Yeah. I'm trying to make light I, I of it, but it's not a light yeah. subject. And I really appreciate you sharing that. I think that's the perfect thing to come back as holding hands so thank you for being here with me and i wish you all the fun and enjoyment in the world as you continue on your journey in china and i can't wait for you to come back here so we can spend more time together thank you so much uh, i really enjoyed talking to you nadie oh thank you till next time hey there podcast fam are you ready to break free from the social media rut hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you meet viral growth your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content, so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.